everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Cosimo Studio Tours podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of an artist's studio. Each week, we'll do an in-depth feature on an artist, exploring the ins and outs of what it's like being an artist, as well as the highs and lows from a creative and business perspective. This week on Cosimo Studio Tours, we are incredibly excited to present a special podcast episode and interview with artist Caitlin Flood Molyneux, which we recorded post the artist's first solo show in London, Suspended in Time, at Fitzrovia Gallery. In this interview, we speak about Caitlin's artist story, the artist's process, the creation of the show, the artist's pop art and Dada inspirations, as well as the healing power of art. Caitlin was included in our list of highly commended artists for the Cosimo Art Competition in 2022. The artist is a contemporary Welsh artist residing in South Wales. Their practice delves into the relationship between pop culture imagery, memory, and nostalgia. Through Caitlin's work, it is important to the artist that audiences develop their own subjective opinions, forming their own symbiotic relationship to the artwork. In this way, audiences establish a sense of personal self-reflection, reconciling with past trauma and hardships. Caitlin Flood Molyneux holds a Bachelor's of Fine Arts degree from Cardiff Metropolitan University, also Bergen Academy of Art and Design. The artist also holds a Master's degree in Fine Art from Cardiff Metropolitan University. Flood Molyneux has exhibited in group exhibitions in the United Kingdom, United States, Hong Kong, and Japan. Most notably, the artist was published in Saatchi Art, See Who's in the Studio, in 2022. Um, I'm here with Caitlin Flood Molyneux. Um, we're sitting in Fitzrovia Gallery. Um, post your first solo show in London. Yeah. So congratulations. It's post. <laughs> we're post gallery <laughs> show high basically, but it's still going. <laughs> it's such a lovely. Yeah, and we're sitting with all your works as well. So, but thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, definitely. And you bring great support with Cosimo as well. (laughs) We've loved like showing your work and everything. And yeah, we had your work also in the um, highly commended uh, list of artists for our Cosimo art competition. Yeah, which was fantastic. And I was really honored to be um, just featured on that. Mm -hmm. So that was fantastic. So thank you as well for being a part of that. So it's going to be half questions about the show um, yeah. from last night, because um, I know about the curation, but we're interested also in your artist story. So can you yeah. kind of delve into, I like to start out every interview with what your artist story is. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that journey. <laughs> so my artist story is when I was younger, I was always painting. My mum was always encouraging me to like paint as a young child. And... I hated school like uh, it was really hard for me to even be in school I just hated it and um, she saw something in me and she uh, loved art herself and she said you know go to art college you know she pushed me she was like you know go to college Um, and that's where things really kicked off and I started to delve deep into like graphic design and then exploring printmaking um, and screen printing and then I carried on to do a foundation degree in um, art and design and I really enjoyed that and I then went on to do an artist design and maker course um, but it was so it was very it was more products and uh, making tables stuff like that um, and ceramics um, and at the time I thought maybe it would be more of a sort of job opportunity wise it would be a better course um, but then in my second year, I figured out then, no, I want to be a fine artist. And I was very ambitious when I was in my foundation degree, where I was making these really large abstract pieces. And then I went into my second year and I went to Norway for Erasmus. And I did uh, my uh, second year out in Norway, which I then expressed myself through more collage-based work. And um, I met artist uh, Dexter Dalwood, who... Um, was just really inspiring and he gave me the confidence then to say no just do what you want to do paint what you want to paint um, and then I went back into my third year then did my masters and yeah here I am yeah this is so, so much travel as well that's yeah. always the best and always good influence and inspiration yeah, for definitely. things that makes sense 
Um, what kind of work did your mom do when she was doing art? Very bright abstract work. Okay. Uh, very like landscape based. So I was very landscape based when I first started painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and she used a lot of uh, textiles in her work and um, collage. So I think that's where that influence came from and yeah. that's where I learned how to use all these different materials. And she was actually a staff nurse. She didn't, um, she didn't carry on doing a fine art degree. Um, and she went back to it years later, but then had to stop again, but she was always a nurse. So it was nice then because she was teaching me all these techniques and that's where I really learned how to like paint and especially use oil paints. She taught me how to do that. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And I had no clue. <laughs> so she was teaching me how to mix paints and she was like, you know, don't use the whole tube and yeah. you know, you only need to use a little bit. Um, so she was your beginning instructor basically. Your yeah. mom was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> same, same, fami- same family background, I think. Yeah. Um, and that makes sense. So you were raised kind of with the landscape and abstract kind of model mm. and then you deviate. What made you also, before we go into your process, what made you pick up on printmaking and graphic design later on, like that sort mm. of area. I just really enjoyed it. And when I, um, I actually enrolled for um, a level two and they said, oh, we think you could do a level three. Um, your portfolio is great. Like, you know, feel like you could push you further. So I went in to do graphic design um, diploma. Um, and I, I, yeah, it was more based on, I guess that's where like the typography comes in, the collage, that's where that influence comes from and printmaking, because it's more traditional graphic design where we were learning printmaking techniques and screen printing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it was that influence then that um, kind of helped me with this work really in this body of work to then combining all these different medias. And that's what I love doing is just, um, testing new mediums and playing around with different yeah, things de- i mean definitely definitely because it's i was about to say it's not it's mixed mixed media yeah mixed media almost like i wanted to make sure because mixed media can be it's like very specific the way you talk about it but it is like mixed media work mm. is what you're doing um and so before we can go into art practice do you want to describe your art practice and the mediums you use before we talk about the show yeah, sure. So I would say my art practice is um, based heavily on imagery, um, pop art, uh, the Dada movement. Um, yeah, very imagery based um, with a hint of abstraction because some of the figures are abstracted. Um, some of the work is where that influence before comes in, I think, then of the abstract works and I think that abstract sort of way of thinking is vital to this so it, I think everything that I've done in the past has led up to this body of work yeah definitely um now with the show last night mm. um can you tell the say for the listeners the title of the show the idea behind it the concept mm. how all the stories, how yeah. long it took, how the, you can say how long the process took up to this point to put it together. Yeah. Yeah, how did this all come together? Um, so I had a few, obviously the work is all about memories and how I base sort of my looking at imagery and turning it into my own symbolism. Um, and it's all based on like time and loss and grief um, and trauma. So. I was kind of playing around with different ideas on how I wanted to convey that um, and then I think a lot of people can relate to where they feel like suspended in time with like sort of emotions and feelings mm-hmm. and memories so that was the idea where it came from the title uh, suspended in time and I think this is the this is my most ambitious body of work where I kind of broke down a lot of barriers where I'd been mi- painting before but this was the work I really wanted to do and push myself to do and it's kind of very unconventional to the past things I was doing where it was just purely abstract work and Mm -hmm. based on landscapes and cityscapes and I just wanted to play around with those sort of ideas that I had when I was younger when I was doing my foundation degree where I was so ambitious and I was doing uh, mixed media work and 
I was making large pieces of work and screen printing on canvas and stuff. And I thought, well, why aren't I doing that now? Like, why have I just stopped? Um, well, I was really enjoying making that work. So I, it was more, this body of work was just fun for me to make and very therapeutic. And um, I was just saying what I wanted to say with the work without giving too much away, um, keeping it vague because I still want people to build their own narrative on the work. And it's great because people were coming up to me last night saying that they were, it was reminding them of things and that's what I want. Um, but yeah, just I think I really wanted to take a step back and think why, what do I want to do as an artist and what am I interested in? So a lot of the work then has screen printing in and I had fun making my own screens and um, just using collage because I kind of kept collage very separate to my practice. I just used to do collage on the side almost um, as something that I really enjoyed and I thought, well, why can't these things meet? Yeah. So then I guess this is just kind of like a combination of all these things I did when I was younger. Because the idea of time is especially interesting. I'm not using the word, well, I already did, pandemic, but like with this idea, because we were all talking about the concept of time, mm. like in the past, like, but you already said when we were talking last night, you're like, I kind of want people to have their own reflections on the work and like mm. have their own impressions because art is subjective. But I remember you did, you did mention that. Did the past three or four, or guess it's three or four years now did that have an effect on the title with you ide mm. identifying what this time like kind of time means as this idea for the show did that have any sway in your thinking or do you think that just seeped in <laughs> yeah, I mean it definitely seeped in but I think I had this my stuff was going on before the pandemic so when the pandemic hit it was kind of more right I'm going to make work that I enjoy doing because I'm stuck at home and I can't get to the studio I lost my studio at the time so I was painting in my garden Yeah. Um, so I was kind of making work then that I wanted to just make mm -hmm. uh, instead of just making work to sell or making work to show um, yeah. so I definitely think that impacted things because it kind of made me look more into myself and my work and what do I want to get from painting why do I paint yeah um, so I definitely think maybe that time element was kind of pointing back at me where I was thinking, right, um, time isn't what it seems and what do I want to do with my life and what do I want to do with my art? And I definitely knew that I wanted to carry on being an artist. Um, and then the pandemic kind of just helped me to kind of focus on my work and I guess I wasn't showing work, it was more everything was online, so it was kind of just based on me having a real kind of talk with myself, really. Yeah, very, a lot of self, self-reflection, which is good. Mm. I like what you said, oh, I like what you said about <laughs> <laughs> you want to make to create, I think that's the very important thing. Yeah. And I fully we only also fully support artists selling because you need to make money but i think like when you gotta identify that passion because that's mm. why you make art that's it yeah. comes from this passionate pa like, passionate place you know yeah definitely it was nice because in the pandemic i actually sold a lot of pieces because i was just exploring making paperworks and that's yeah. when i really focused on paperworks and um i was selling those and people enjoyed it and it was kind of refreshing because i didn't really have the space to paint massive and all my canvases were in the garden which I was still painting but um, people weren't getting out to see these works so people were seeing the paperworks mm -hmm. and that's when they yeah. bought them really so on Instagram or because yeah, yeah. okay that's why a lot of us the trend pattern of other artists because everyone's at home and like, yeah yeah also... everyone's just looking on Instagram exactly yeah. I noticed there was like probably there's a study done but like probably most artists like sold a lot during yeah, that yeah. because it makes sense because every, yeah everyone's on their phones yeah yeah a peak in sales all of us personal sales yeah oh okay, yeah that's interesting um also okay so with the show because we're sitting. Mm. I'm looking at all your work like down this down, yeah, this, yeah. down this narrow like narrowish hallway um can you talk to me about the curation yeah and um, put everything together so I've got a studio in an industrial unit mm -hmm. um 
where they're so supportive and I kind of turned up to this big storage unit and I said look can I paint here and they were like yeah it's great and they let me I've got this big container where I work in and they let me take work out and um, I have people to come visit and they let me kind of like spread out all over this giant unit and it's great and it's really it contrasts well with the work Um, so I was kind of spreading things out before where I was kind of thinking right how do I want the show to look and then it was a different ball game when I got into the show and got into the space and yeah I just kind of set out things first and thought right I didn't want to overcrowd um, but I didn't want things to look too um, blank Mm. and obviously I've got a lot of work and I wanted to have the frames contrasting with the canvas pieces so things were kind of um, contrasting with that but yeah I kind of just looked at colours and what went well what was contrasting well mm-hmm. I think that's something I do in my work anyway I kind of look at contrasts and what kind of goes well or things that blend well so it kind of came naturally to me Yeah. just putting it all together and I've, I've only I've done a, a show before in like small areas but this was just like a completely different ball game but it was quite natural how it all came together mm-hmm. which was really nice and I just think my instinct came over and yeah of how you wanted it to look how do you because it's your own work that you're putting it together so um are you do you, I'm, I'm always curious when you're working on a piece you want to exhibit it does that ever enter into your mind like how is this going to look in a gallery format? Do you ever think about it? This is going to be... That's an off-the-cuff yeah, question, by the way. I was just wondering. Do you know what? It's weird because I... Whenever I... I used to think like that, where I'd be thinking, mm-hmm. right, what's this going to look like? Is the gallery going to like it? And I thought, no. Like, now I just think, right, what... I just think about the painting. Yeah. And whenever I'm making work, it's never planned out. It's all in subconscious. Things come out. Things... Mm-hmm. I let things become so natural. So when I was actually... Um, making the work there was things that I felt like yeah I want this in this series but there's a lot of work that hasn't even made the cut so yeah so it's like a free when with last night because um, everything was more like kind of about reflection were there any like anecdotes that people were sharing with you about any feelings they had about the work or like did they have any impressions about like this reminds me of this or you know Mm. Aside from what I told you, like my yeah, yeah. thoughts, so, but <laughs> I thought was, I the only yeah. one, was I the only one? <laughs> no, I had a lot of people coming okay. up to me and, you know, all, um, asking about uh, things, but also sort of how their reflection on things and uh, people saying, oh, you know, I've obviously people who know, like, they know me, and they've seen things come out and they say, oh, you know, I'm kind of noticing this is sort of coming new into your work and... So they're kind of then getting that mindset where they're seeing symbols and that's great because that's what, what I'm seeing when I paint the work is symbols and things mean certain things um, but yeah people have their own or they say oh uh, this reminds me of this memory and that's what it's all about because when I make the work it sparks memories it sparks uh, emotions mm-hmm. so for them people, people to have that when they're looking at the work is just fantastic yeah um and I'm happy for that. I never. There's no right or wrong, and I don't. Th- I think that's the thing. I don't want people to feel like they're not allowed to say what they feel when they look at the work, um, and that's fine. You know, you you know, I like that. Yeah, and also my favorite. Well, it's hard to ask you your favorite or the one you lean towards. I don't yeah. like asking artists ask their favorite piece. You probably have one, but it's like choosing your children or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But I really love the this one too. I guess my mm. la, my rights, mm. my right, the one with the uh, because you, the non-gender person. specific. Yeah, you're yeah. like it's however you perceive it. But I just love the way that this person. It's so striking. It's probably the pink background that I like, which is why I like your work. Oh, thank you. The <laughs> pink. I love I love bright colors. That's the thing. It's funny because the work it kind of the colors contradict the subjects yeah so uh, that's because it's like the 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 bright colors and um very dynamic which then you i guess you associate bright colors with happy things happy that's what okay yeah Mm. so then to have sort of these the dark context it kind of then that's color theory does the color so that's your graphic like the graphic design element this idea of color Color yeah. theory is very important as well. You yeah, need to definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm always thinking of color theory, and I think that's a thing where my mum taught me 
like all about colour theory and you know oh, orange and blue you know contrasting and stuff like that but she would use all these real bright pinks and like so, so I think that kind of rubbed off on me oh, where yeah. um, my mum and I would get along so <laughs> yeah. we get along just kidding yeah. so <laughs> but it's like <laughs> stuff like that so I think um, yeah I mean yeah it was just kind of mm-hmm. a big contrast but I think yeah there's a lot of work I love for different reasons um, that stick out to me um, there's one down there which um I kind of it's weird I go through phases where I love one more than the other some things come out more to me or as time goes on I appreciate the work more I guess because when I'm making the work I'm just making it and um, there's kind of this disconnect almost when I finish a piece because I'm like right I've got that emotions out and now that's just the end result and there we are and I carry on and I make more work um, but yeah there's certain few that are um really strike into me um but there's like things that i like in the work that are just quite interesting like there's one piece um it's actually the canvas on this side the very end okay um which is one of the um real target posters i got sent from america from the 60s oh so for that reason i'm like wow i love that because all the imagery that i use sort of in the collage and the um mixed media pieces are all all old imagery mm-hmm. from like the 50s 60s 70s um yeah. there's just something about that imagery that speaks out to me and it's just so exciting yeah like especially then modern imagery mm-hmm. like especially the magazines at the time and just the adverts and the things yeah. that were in them because you have a lot of motifs you have the boxing motif mm the bowl motif is the one that you submitted the other one <laughs> that was yeah, the other yeah. one but there's a few that no there's a few there's i think you use it maybe oh, in the back is there any yeah there's one in the there's back. there's one in the back i think and then you have like this western motif which i talked about mm. my connection with it as well <laughs> which is interesting yeah the western motif is interesting because not a lot of people know about western art it's still yeah, like yeah. a niche-ish area and i only know it because my grandfather yeah, <laughs> was yeah. a spe- historian, art, histor- art historian in that area. Um, there's so much more to explore. But how did you sort of find the motifs? You just grab? Did you just gravitate towards them just from your background in like graphic design and design in general? Yeah, like a mix. And uh, my granddad was really heavily into westerns, and like growing up. Oh, like, that's I- so weird. Wait, yeah, you didn't yeah, say that. That's so yeah, weird. it was mad. <laughs> so like, I was like. Oh yeah always like he had a western on or like I had like toys that were like cowboys and stuff like that and it was just yeah. like oh I loved it and I, I'd dress up as a cowboy as a kid but then it kind of I found a load of old books and it was just the imagery like it kind of sparked things like it there was so there was emotions in it that were speaking out to me in the imagery and that's kind of where this disconnect comes from then where I'm disconnecting sort of narratives from imagery and making my own where it's like I'm the emotion comes in or the trigger of something and that's when it's kind of like just faced with the image and necessarily it kind of does connect with my granddad but then it also um that's like part of it but then it's like no actually it's just the image and things it's kind of like with the boxing imagery it's not boxing itself but the images that I see and that how they inspire me to like mm-hmm. create this different dynamic work yeah. and the sort of emotion behind it it reminds me of something that I went through or an emotion yeah. um, which is quite a very abstract concept and with the figure so going back to the one on, the one I like and like mm. I guess also the one on my left with the group of people wearing hats and there's also like a, bird, a crow or bird mm. some sort of bird over but um, I'm just describing it very yeah. ambiguously for yeah. <laughs> people listening, anyone listening. How do you kind of, what are the, how do you construct those figures? What is, what are you trying to impart to the viewer? Or not, what are you imparting to that viewer, I guess? I guess for me, I had a story when I was painting it and I knew, and it took me back to an event or something. Mm-hmm. But then for the viewer, it's kind of like almost like storytelling, but you don't know what the story is. You're just seeing a part of it. It's kind of like seeing one part of a storyboard. 
and you don't know the rest of the story so you're just faced with this one piece mm-hmm. and you've got to figure out almost well what does that mean but that might mean something different to someone else um but not even have to figure it out i mean i don't want people to almost drill me about oh, what does this exactly mean because for me it's personal so it's like i don't want people to drill me but i'm happy for like i'm gonna tell them as much as i can before yeah. it gets personal yeah um but yeah you also said they're like non-gender specific as well was that mm. intentional or was it because people are going to ask you. I'm assuming people yeah, yeah. in the world, they're going to ask you about it. I'm being like straightforward about it. They're going to ask you about, like, oh, why? Like, not gender mm. specific. Like, I feel like we're living in a time also, I guess, yeah, it, it's the good thing about younger generations. Yeah, where, yeah. like, it's this idea of um, just making a very open space for people to express their own opinions, their mm. own expressions. Is there's, yeah. I guess because when I was looking at the images that I was, like, facing things from I wasn't seeing them as men or women or whatever mm-hmm. I mean I was just seeing them as uh, symbols um, and it was just I was just seeing them as um, things that I could tell my story with mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily about gender um, it was more breaking down these images to make into symbols where it wasn't about gender yeah. It was just about me telling stories with my words. I don't really see things as people, mm-hmm. animals, it's more symbols. So I see things where I can convey the story I want to tell, but kind of almost harbouring these things. Mm-hmm. If it's an animal, if it's an object, if it's something, it's more how I convey a story. That also makes sense because with the data. Dada mm. or Dadaism for like people who are in <laughs> the super snooty I feel super snooty but like are just in basic art history like just in art history it's mm. all based on semiotics mm. so you have this idea like, you have the figurative you know figuration working figurative painting but then I like that idea of breaking it down into science that the figures it's another way I like anything where figurative painting or is kind of reimagined and you're breaking that down you're breaking down kind of the human body and yeah the human as a as a concept yeah, <laughs> concept. yeah. it's more like i'm just using these things as vessels to yeah. convey my story i mean it is hard not to look at something and you know think what is this or um why has she done this but um yeah i think when you it's a very complex thing. My head is a very complex thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, many artists. Yeah, <laughs> not alone. I definitely a lot. At the time, like I talked to an artist, another artist, they're like, people would be scared what goes in my head. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of. Yeah, I, but it's very yeah, but it's very basic. The semiotics is the study of signs, and that's mm. kind of like Dadaism has many things, but like the, I now I kind of see that intention. Mm of what you're do of what you're doing i think it i think it's good because like when you look at any of the pieces like it's like this own imaginative experience in each mm. of the ones so it's nice we like how i'm all about the story that's why i asked about artist stories because there's so much you can say and then in art history that's the beauty in painting for me at least like you gotta unravel especially with contemporary art mm. yeah yeah definitely i think yeah. um i mean for years, centuries, painting has always told a story. So I've just kind of utilised that to tell my own. But um, the work is more based for me to, as a release, really, for anything. It's just for me to be able to just take care of these emotions, take care of my mental health, take care of things I've been through, analyse things and put it onto a canvas. I mean, I always say that I'm really rubbish with writing, but I could paint it. Um, so I think it's one of those things that I've just kind of utilised painting for yeah. my own benefit. Definitely. And, okay, before we go into the bonus questions, mm. um, can you, do you have, did you have any influences growing up in art school, like artistic influences that you look towards? I don't want to yeah. compare you to, like, any pop artists or any of the people that, or, you know, the movements that were connected. Yeah. But did you have any specific ones that you were inspired by? It's funny because 
I wasn't really into pop art that much. One day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, I wasn't. I liked it, but it wasn't something I wanted to recreate. So it's quite funny when people say about pop art because it's kind of people always think of pop art where they think of like screen printing and stuff like that. Um, but for me, when I was growing up, it was sort of Jillianaires where she's just a big abstract painter and she would make these really big works but more her attitude towards painting this kind of I don't care I'm just going to paint what I want to paint and uh, those influences because I still think that abstract presence is there um, Peter Lanyon um, oh. who was you know doing aerial views of um, St Ives um, but it's funny because all these influences were um, just abstract people okay yeah um, but I think it's one of those things where I was influenced by those people, but I can definitely see sort of presence of that abstractness in my work. I mean, if you took away the figures or even just broke down the figures, it'd be purely abstract. Mm -hmm. um, it's just recently where I've started to play in with figures and, and people, and um, but there's still very big, heavily abstract influences in the work. Yeah, definitely. Um... And why, what made you gravitate towards the collage aspect in your work? Um, I always really enjoyed collage when I was like a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was always, you know, the Argos catalogues and yeah. making collages and stuff <laughs> like out of that. And I just always really loved it. And it's something that I would do with my mum. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, just, I always did especially in graphic design we learned like more about collage and the the dada movement and you know how people used collage to express themselves um so kind of using all that was something that i was really inspired by and yeah i just kind of was like right i'm gonna start putting all these things together and what happens when that when all these different things align and they meet so that's kind of where the work's kind of gone now, where the collage is meeting the painting, and what happens if I paint from the collage and all these different yeah. elements. I was wondering what other dimension, what other dimensions you were exploring through collage, and how that added to the painting in your mind. That mm. makes that answer my question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it because the whole point is it's adding this sort of dimension. Um, okay, so on to the bonus ones mm -hmm. that we do. Um, what do you love most about being an artist? can be a singular thing or more, I love, but... <laughs> oh, I, don't, I just love being able to say I'm an artist and to be able to wake up and do what I love and spread that joy to other people. I work as doing workshops with communities and in hospitals. So to be able to do that and share these skills with people and give them sort of skills that they can use to help themselves is just fantastic and I'm really grateful every day that I wake up I'm grateful that I'm still doing this and mm -hmm. I'm still being an artist because there was a long time ago where I thought maybe this isn't going to be this isn't you can't make a living from this um and then to be able to is just I'm so lucky people like me people where I come from I come from a working class background um I mean stuff like this is just a dream and when I was a kid I just thought you know you know having this show has just been a dream come true and just being able to show work and even just work is fantastic yeah and it's a really it's a pretty big show for the space there's a lot of pieces yeah yeah <laughs> how many actually how many pieces on you know how many pieces are here I didn't count but how many pieces are in this entire in the entire exhibition so the exact number do you know? That, so there was 31, and I took, I think it's 30 pieces. Because okay. I took one off because I I just decided that it would have been too much. 30 pieces plus the prints that you have as well. Plus yeah, a lot plus, of prints. Yeah, and I have screen <laughs> prints there as well, like original pieces there that I made, like paperworks um, mm. of me, yeah, painting with screen print and... Um, yeah, so I made a lot, a lot of work, and there's a lot of work at the studio that didn't make the cut, um, just because I kind of felt that the sizes of it that I kind of wanted to. These were the pieces that I had everything to say with. So a lot of, 
yeah, I think there's about 10 paintings at home Yeah. that didn't make the cut. So that's what I was asking, like, which one's your favorite? Like, even then, it's hard to curate it down. Yeah. Um, and with, um, okay, so that was really a great answer. <laughs> so I didn't even know. Also, are you full-time or part-time artist right now? Full-time. full-time. I mean, my, so I kind of split myself into 50-50. So uh, 50% uh, doing workshops, um, doing... Um, different sort of projects with communities and then the other side is doing this so mm-hmm. it's um I'm really lucky to yeah. be able to do it yeah because you're okay and yeah and I think I think healing people so that goes mm. in with also you making art as a way to deal with your own healing mm. I guess or mental health everyone yeah a lot of people use it for mental health that's what our art is a therapy but it's also for people it's mm. like that subjective that's why subject like having your own reflections on the mm. work and how people view it is so important um reconciling with that reconciling <laughs> reconciling with whatever memory or trauma or whatever or yeah, what have yeah. you i think that's interesting idea that yeah i think needs to be more explored this kind of symbiotic relationship we have with art definitely um okay and then with i like asking what is your, do you have a least favorite thing maybe about being an artist, the art world? There's probably yeah. a few things, but... Do you know what I think? It's so hard to, you've got to keep going. You can't give up. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're still an artist if you work in retail and you're making paintings on the weekend. You're mm-hmm. still an artist if you haven't painted in a year. I mean if the drive there you know having the drive and the passion is the hardest part but um yeah I mean I've, I've worked a lot of odd jobs and bread and butter jobs to sustain my career but now I've got to a point where I've managed to be able to work with people doing what I love and then to be able to do what I love so I think yeah it is hard I think having an art career is not as linear as people think I think people think you get you come out of uni you have a show and that's it someone's going to walk in and they buy your whole collection and that's it and it's really it's it's not as linear as people think it's a lot of struggle it's a lot of hard work I mean all this you know getting it framed uh, you know just even making the work is half the battle you know having people inviting people having uh I had a really nice sponsorship and I had Anna from Nova Relations come in and help me uh, with the PR for the show and a press release and getting me the sponsorship. Um, You know, little things like that that people don't talk about, um, but it's really hard. I mean, it's taken me a long time to get here. I mean, I'm 26 and I've been... (laughs) doing art since I was like still young you're still yeah. young remember me it's like she's you're still young like you're still young I think it's just because I've been like in art college and art mm-hmm. uni for so long so I think for me it seems like such a long time uh, but I mean for years I just never thought I would get to a moment where I can actually do art full time which yeah. is amazing well you brought up Oh, that your answer brings up the points of like artists um, like inherently have to be entrepreneurial which is mm. kind of the entrepreneurial side what you just described being an entrepreneur you're understanding the business mm. what was it like for you to reconcile how has it been reconciling the artist and business side of what you do <laughs> I mean I've always been a bit business savvy and That's I actually good. took it upon myself to do a level two in business okay just in and that was in the pandemic um it was like a local course and at the time I just wanted to be able to um learn different things I mean I was doing all right with things but you know even just packaging your prints presenting your work in a certain way um you know I had a lot of compliments last night to say how professional it looked even with the frames and everything and that meant the world to me because it's taken a lot you know being an artist is trial and error I mean there's some mistakes I made when I was younger where maybe I didn't the print wasn't the high quality I didn't get it scanned in right I tried to take it myself and but stuff like that I think people don't speak about it enough people don't people aren't honest 
you know everyone has their struggles people you know make mistakes mm-hmm. um, but of course yeah of yeah. course I, but that's good that it's always good to ask because those are the two things that sometimes artists struggle with marrying and if you can understand how to marry the business and art side early mm-hmm. on I think that's I know I know it's an advantage because they've talked to a lot of spoken with a lot of artists who have said mm. marry these two together because it'll help yeah. you in the long run just Definitely. even just setting up like admin and things yeah um so that goes into the next question is that one thing that you wish people knew about being in knew about being an artist or about the art world or is there another yeah. thing? What do you wish that people knew? I think people, I wish people knew like how much work goes into it, especially when you're um, trying to establish a career in art, that it's a lot of work, it's a lot of business. I mean, making the work is about 20%. The rest is 80% where you're getting yourself out there, writing applications, uh, writing press releases, stuff like that. Um, I mean, I had Anna from... Nova Relations come in and that was the first time I've ever um, been engaged with PR and the and the proper PR world and it was fantastic and she was guiding me through everything um, I was asking a question she was very linear and clear about things with everything and I think just even that is just like you know having everything structured correctly is just really hard but once you get there and you yeah. understand things that's what that's where the trial and error thing comes in that sounds like do you think transparency is super important yeah in definitely. the art world yeah definitely i think it's <laughs> it's vital i spe- you know especially with sales especially with like everything mm-hmm. um just being honest you know just being an honest person i mean i i think i'm quite honest with yeah. when it comes to uh my art practice and my journey yeah well I think you've said that in the beginning like that's the concept came because you wanted to make work that you enjoy that's Mm. honesty and I think that's where the best anything I think authenticity if whether it's well they always say honestly like in marketing Mm. authenticity that's why you have in social media you gotta have this authentic image whether that's manufactured or not but Mm. people can tell but you gotta have this authentic image yeah 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 I mean (laughs) I think I've always been interested in business stuff mm-hmm. and uh, if I wasn't an artist I'd probably be doing some businessy thing because it's interesting to know wow yeah I mean I just really like the business side and I really like talking with people and um, you know even just kind of making prints and packaging prints and all that side and um, shipping work off it's really exciting for me and then I mean, when I was a younger, when I was actually in my graphic design uh, course, um, I made t-shirts. I made tie-dye t-shirts. I made a screen with my design on, mm-hmm. and I sold them all. And uh, some of my mates still have them. Yeah. Uh, I think I made, like, 300 quid. And that yeah. was a lot of money at the time for me. I was, I was only 16. Yeah. How have you gone about... You can say how as much as you want about the pricing structure but Mm. like have you like as far as are there any tips you'd give to artists about pricing your works about Mm. learning that side of things I think it's definitely with speaking with galleries and like speaking Mm. with people because I mean obviously my prices have gone up in the years because my career has leveled up Mm -hmm. and I think that's a fair way of doing that um I still even get people now saying put your prices up um but I it's a it's a hard thing because I I don't know like I still am learning about it but it's hard because um, I recently sold a few pieces of work and the gallery said you need to start putting your prices up mm-hmm. and it was actually when I did works on paper with Blue Shop um, Cottage and they actually said like you need to actually put your prices up and they put mm-hmm. my prices up and that was is it nice. because of your reputation like your reputation was just increasing yeah or? yeah okay. I think that's important if you're representing like who's representing your work as well but you know as time goes on your represent your reputation is getting up and you're doing bigger shows then I think it's fair mm-hmm. like I think it's like as time goes on I think nobody's going to take someone seriously if they whack a two thousand price on a 
small painting because mm. they've gone somewhere. I think that's as well, you know, even doing the show and I'm in London, I would still put my prices up like the same. Yeah. If I was in Wales, if I was back home. Yeah. Because I feel like things have to be the same. You can't just change your price because you're somewhere else. If I went to New York tomorrow, they would still be the same price. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've got to be consistent with your pricing. Because um, otherwise, you, nobody's going to take you seriously. Yeah, that's my answer. Well, I've had people, well, you have, I guess the thing with galleries asking you to raise prices is they have to make sure they're assuming that you put trust in them that their collectors are going to spend mm. that much money. So that's where that trust comes in. Yeah, saying this for yeah. people, anyone listening who's an artist. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely. I think it's a two-way street, yeah. Yeah, and it's nice though because it's nice when people say, "Right, time to put your prices up," um, which is great because it's kind of right next level. Mm-hmm. You, like that's why I see it when I'm like doing work. I'm like, right, next chapter. Next let's chapter. go. Like in the story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, like let's go. Like come on, like next next time. And um, yeah, I think it's. And I'm happy to be guided with people on prices, and and I think you've got it's it's no shame in asking people in galleries. Well, do you think I should? Is this too high? Do you think it's too low? Um, because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are selling work. They know. Um, so I think it's it's good to be you know ask advice, and you know recently I've had a price increase, and people are saying put it up higher. And I'm like, I don't know, I can't win. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Yeah, it's. But do you ever think about like, oh, I need to put it this price because I want to sell it, or do you? It just. That's what some people mm. do. You're like, or some artists, they're like, I want to put this price here because I want to just sell this work. Did you do mm. that in the beginning? In the beginning, I remember when I was in my masters and yeah. I sold a painting that was bigger than this yeah. for three hundred quid, mm-hmm. and I look back and I was oh. like, wow. That's not... You were yeah. like, I could have gotten so much more. Yeah, but that's okay. Like, I mean, because you're starting out, you're still doing things. For me, yeah, £300 is a lot of money. That's you know? true. That's good to know. And... For art students especially, that's good for people to know. Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, when I was... You know, that was a lot of money for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow. And I recently sold a piece, my highest price piece, um, a few weeks ago. And I was like, Wow like mm. this is mental like yeah. I can't believe this like you know people are they're happy to pay that price for the work and they want to pay the price and that's the thing if you know people love the work they'll pay the price but also being reasonable if the quality's there you mm-hmm. know even just having it framed correctly having it um you know if you're making a canvas getting the right materials and you know building it properly um Stuff like that. If the work is at a high standard, then the pricing will come naturally. But you've got to... You get to a point. You're not going to get there straight away. You've got to learn. And I mean, when I was... I just had to figure out everything. When I was mm-hmm. from my master's till now, I figured... You know, I didn't have anyone saying, hey, you know, this is how you... Um, you know get things framed mm-hmm. i've just had to learn it yeah because in your art school they just focused on probably making art it wasn't so much on the business side yeah no yeah i didn't know how to apply mm-hmm. for an open call yeah like i didn't know how to do you know any of the business side how to price things and i remember saying like actually how do you apply for an open call <laughs> like how do you do that like how do you get your work like i remember saying like actually like how do you get your work that isn't in a university space mm-hmm. how do you get this work in um i don't know in this gallery mm-hmm. and then i had to like just figure it out so i think it's one of those things that people you know just even having things refined as in you know the way you're you're taking a photo of your work the way your you know your artist statement is yeah. things like that just having it all refined is is one of the biggest steps but you just got to do it was Instagram, how do you mostly grow your community? Or how, mm. how have you grown your kind of art community? Was it through social media? Because that's how mm. I, I mean, I kind of found you both through mm. our competition, but I've seen your work anyway. Yeah. Just... I mean, Instagram was a great tool for me starting out because it helped me to navigate into these different shows and like mm-hmm. apply for open calls. 
but then you know just getting into these shows get into shows meet people like that is the best way you're going to grow an audience Mm -hmm. or meet people I mean I did the other art fair last year um, with uh, Saji Art and that was fantastic for me like I built so many connections and people and made Mm -hmm. friends with people and um, just even making friends is great because you know then people can relate to what you do um, and it's nice but yeah just doing things like that just putting yourself out there Mm -hmm. and so that was the other thing with artist the artist to artist Mm -hmm. what advice would is there any advice you would give to an art artist still starting out who's shooting to get into or aiming to get into doing a gallery show or things are there any is there any other insight you'd give just keep going and that's good don't give up don't worry about getting rejected from things don't worry if you didn't get into the open call you wanted there's next year there's next open call you'll get in there you've just got to go for it mm-hmm. um don't worry about what people say just as long as you're enjoying the work don't try and mold yourself into this sellable artist or don't try and mold yourself into something you're not be authentic yeah. be yourself um which is a bit cheesy but it's true no well i don't want to say it's cliche but all the cliches really are true it's just hard to think about and when you're in your present state of mind (laughs) it's hard to think about like well it's never gonna happen but like it it is true to an extent um i think as long as you have the i love of doing art that's the most important thing and that's kind of yeah the passion you do yeah Yeah, definitely i mean create just to create i think is yeah definitely and i think you know, when I was younger, I didn't really know, you know, it's just doing research, like research your artist materials, research uh, your canvases, um, research if the type of paper you want to use, but that's the trial and error part, you know, even just figuring out what paper, what paint is works well for you, mm-hmm. stuff like that, and yeah, just don't be afraid to experiment and just go for it I yeah. think that's the thing and um, I guess research your network too and research shows and yeah. competitions and things yeah go to shows go to the um, shows that's happening introduce yourself to people talk to artists um, you know look on Instagram see what shows are happening I think that's the thing the biggest thing that you could do to support an artist is go to the shows mm-hmm. Um because that's where you're going to meet people that's where you're going to see the work in person I mean Instagram is great to a point but then being actually in spaces and meeting people in real life is a whole different yeah. ball game and then when you meet people you still like, get pulled into this world that's actually very small yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very small when you go through these barriers and you realise like you just see the similar people each time which is great and nice yeah depending um yeah um I had another question about uh, before the very last one. Um, doesn't matter. Um, so looking back, mm. I'm sure you have incited an advice you'd give you to yourself. What would you? Is there anything you'd pass on to a younger you, a younger artist? You. It can be any stage of your career. Do you know what? I would go back to probably when I was in my second year of fine art. And where I was just kind of, I was at a point, I was in such a rut with my painting and I was like really confused, like I didn't know what I wanted to paint and I was getting frustrated. And I'd probably say, look, it's fine, like things are going to work out, but just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I would say that to my younger self in every stage of my life, just keep going. Keep going. Um, just keep painting and don't be afraid to paint what you want to paint. Don't put yourself in a box, yeah. just go for it. I think that helps like well you said looking back like because you you kind of go back to different stages of your life and then mm. it's kind of all these your work is like this amalgamation of these different stages so now like I'm seeing this very clearly like mm. also maybe connect with your inner child <laughs> so it yeah, don't yeah, be yeah. afraid to connect with your inner child now that would be my interpretation maybe from some of your works or you know I think like having I know it's part of this thing with like self-reflection is you need to like kind of reconcile with your past a little bit but mm. you don't need to make peace with it you make peace with it but then you you, you just it, it helps you understand where you're going I think yeah definitely. Um, speaking of which and also with art school which I do like to ask mm. did you navigate burnout at all 
when I say yeah. burnout, like you said, you were in a rut, like, and you're talking about like kind of mental health and like working through art as well. Hmm. Did you experience that? And what would your advice be with? Yeah, I think artists? when I was in my masters, my mum passed away, and I was oh, just okay. in, I was just in a rut then. So I was, um, I just didn't. I was thought about quitting. So I thought about just I, you know, I, everything was just too much. I just mm-hmm. wanted to leave. And I was in my masters at the time, but then I found solace being there and painting. I basically used my masters as a space to paint. Yeah. And I just turned up, paint, and go home, and it helped me get out of a rut, a depressive mm-hmm. rut. And that's why I kind of use painting as a clutch because it helps me get out of a rut. Yeah. <laughs> so it helps you get out of the feeling of feeling stuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um. But when you're in art school, because I know that's a common thing where people strive to be the best at what they do. Did you ever experience... I mean, because you're like... Because I guess you said it earlier, in your early part of your career, you were really adamant about making painting, doing this, and being having this determination. Did you find that was common with a lot of your classmates or course mates? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was weird because I kind of was just in my own space in my own bubble i mean that's a good way to be honest i think that's good that's a survival technique (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i don't know i always kind of was like yeah this is what i want to do i've come this far why would i give up now but everyone has their own reasons and i just for me i was just like nah this is my this is where i want to be this is what i want to do and when i look back on my art school days it wasn't really necessarily I didn't really need to be there it was more the space to paint did you think there was a benefit do you think do you feel there's a benefit to art school yeah I definitely give I think I mean different courses are so different Mm -hmm. but I felt like I just had I kind of just used the space to paint and kind of figure out things on my own um but I don't think you have to go to art school, mm-hmm. um, which might be a bit controversial for me to say. No, I'm just now learning this now um, mm. with people. I think it's there's a benefit. The benefit is, I think, having on your CV. Yeah, looks yeah. Good. Let's be, yeah, be honest about it. I, but I think art school is great too. I feel like it's good for people who want to know how if it, know that they want to be an artist. I think yeah, yeah. do a foundation degree. That. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Do a foundation degree because you get to explore everything there, and that's where you kind of think you're doing so much different things. You're trying to find your niche, so do a foundation degree. Yeah. That's where. That's why I kind of look back now, and I look back on the work because I'm like, right, what did I do back then? What did I really enjoy? I just enjoyed getting messy with paint and just doing loads of different things and exploring things so I guess yeah don't be afraid to explore things and just you know go to go to like like workshops go to like collage workshops go to like workshops I mean that's what I kind of run I do those types of things where it's a different ball game to like the educational setting it's more the freedoms there Mm -hmm. and I think going to those workshops doing back painting classes but stuff like that find workshops out and do that because those will benefit you do stuff like that and I mean I wish I'd gone to stuff like that when I was younger because I think it would have been good but and meet everyone just meet people (laughs) yeah meet people people who like what you do you know yeah get out of your shell I think the building community is important because that's Mm. how you yeah you meet people then you meet people and then it'll lead to some maybe it'll lead to a show that's 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 what artists forget because Mm, yeah yeah (laughs) and don't be afraid to like introspect yeah don't be afraid to do that and like you know do the show in your local town do the show you know have your painting in a local coffee shop you gotta start somewhere I mean that's what I did I just was trying to apply for everything trying to get my work everywhere and you know it's good experience yeah. so I think people you know think they've got to be in London tomorrow New York tomorrow but um, yeah start off small and gradually you know gradually build up yeah I think that's useful to, that's definitely useful to know mm. um, okay 
also with this conversation it's such a free-flowing conversation yeah, i love nice. like your work <laughs> but like your name is what the f- <laughs> i made a connection before we end the flood aspect of your name i was like even caitlin's like her just fl- her conversation just flows so naturally and like but it's like it goes with your work about this self sense of expression mm. um not even a brand but it's like perfectly well suited for yeah yeah, like yeah perfectly well suited for you um okay well, i think that was the last question but thank you so much for taking thank the you. time to do this podcast interview it's been lovely yeah it's been really nice chatting yeah. just having a nice chat it's been great i mean you like have a wealth of like knowledge already it's just amazing oh thank you i mean it's been great just to be able to do stuff like this and thank you for you know inviting me to do this it's been great i've had yeah. so much fun so perfect okay